Hey, it's your buddy AJ from the Wife Files. And Hecklefish. Right, and Hecklefish. We just wanted to tell you that if you want to start a podcast, Spotify makes it easy. It'd have to be easy for humans to understand it. Will you stop that? I'm just saying. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts from your computer. I don't have a computer. Do you have a phone? Of course I have a phone. I'm not a savage. Well, with Spotify, you can record podcasts from your phone, too. Spotify makes it easy to distribute your podcast to every platform, and you can even earn money. I do need money. What do you need money for? You're kidding? I'm getting killed on Guppy support payments. These three ex-wives are expensive. But you don't want to support your kids? What are you, my wife's lawyer now? Never mind. And I don't know if you noticed, but all Wi-Fi's episodes are video, too. And there's a ton of other features, but... But we can't be here all day. Will you settle down? I need you to hurry up with this stupid commercial. I got a packed calendar today. I'm sorry about him. (laughs) Anyway, check out Spotify for Podcasters. It's free, no catch, and you can start today. Are we done? We're done, but you need to check your attitude. Excuse me, but I don't have all day to sit here and talk about Spotify. Look, this would go a lot faster if you would just let me get through it without... On July 6, 2022, a bomb detonated on a five-acre plot of farmland in Elberton, Georgia. The explosion destroyed a large monument that stood on the property for over 40 years. Known as the Georgia Guidestones, it was four monolithic slabs of granite weighing over 230,000 pounds that contained a set of rules for a more peaceful and orderly society. The identity of the builder was a mystery for 40 years, but today I'll tell you who he was. But why did he want to keep his identity a secret? Probably for the same reason the Georgia Guidestones were destroyed. Because, according to the Guidestones, the way to a perfect society is through a one-world government, genetic and racial purity, and massive global depopulation. In other words, a new world order. In June 1979, a well-dressed man using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian approached Joe Finley, president of Elberton Granite Finishing Company. R.C. Christian wanted to build a monument to rival the magnitude and awe of Stonehenge. R.C. Christian had recently visited Stonehenge and was impressed, though he felt it was missing something, a message. But what kind of message? The reason R.C. Christian used that name is that he was a Christian. There's no more famous Christian message than the Ten Commandments. And religious or not, the Ten Commandments have rules that all of us should follow. Don't lie, don't steal, don't hurt anybody. But those are rules for an individual. R.C. Christian was thinking bigger. Ooh, a bigger than the word of God given to Moses from the top of a mountain? Yep. Oy vey, the ego on this guy. R.C. Christian said he represented a small group of loyal Americans who had spent the past 20 years planning an unusually large and complex monument. He brought with him a scale model with some very detailed specifications. The structure would stand 16 feet tall and consist of four stones arranged in the shape of a cross, capped with a central stone. The monument would need to display its message in the eight most spoken languages in the world, English, Spanish, Russian, Chinese, Arabic, Hebrew, Hindi, and Swahili. It would also show the message in four dead languages, Babylonian cuneiform, Egyptian hieroglyphics, Sanskrit, and Classical Greek. Joe Fenley wasn't taking any of this seriously, but when R.C. Christian began to describe the monument, Fenley stopped what he was doing. Not only was this out-of-towner asking for stones larger than any Fenley had ever quarried, he wanted them cut, polished, and arranged as an enormous astronomical instrument. The four standing stones should outline the migration of the moon over a year. A small viewing hole in the middle support stone would need to always show the North Star. A slot at the top of the middle support stone should align with a winter and summer solstice's rising sun and indicate noon at the equinoxes. 
A hole should be drilled through the capstone that focuses the sun on the center column at noon to indicate the day of the year. R.C. Christian had one final request that caused a few people to question the purpose of the Georgia Guidestone project. The stone should be made to withstand the end of the world. R.C. Christian now had Joe Fenley's full attention. Fenley's Granite Company mostly dealt in wholesale orders for statues, monuments, and tombstone retailers. He had never had a request like this. Fenley's first thought was, this guy's crazy, how can I get him out of here? Fenley tried to discourage the stranger by quoting him a price much higher than any job he'd ever worked on. He said the job would need heavy equipment, special tools, and expensive consultants. R.C. Christian just nodded and asked how long. Fenley wasn't sure how long it would take, six months, maybe more, but he wouldn't even consider the job unless he knew R.C. Christian had the money. Christian asked if there was a trustworthy banker in town. Well, there's a problem. There's no such thing as a trustworthy banker. Well, that's a good point. But still, Fenley sent R.C. Christian to the Granite City Bank and told him to ask for the bank president, Wyatt Martin. At the bank, Martin and Christian came to an agreement. Martin would help set up the bank account where funds could be transferred to pay for the Guidestones, but the account couldn't be set up under a false name. R.C. Christian understood and agreed to give Martin his real name, but only if he promised to never tell anyone who he really was or who he represented. No, but we know, right? We do. We're getting there. You're fine, but don't take too long. The suspense is giving me agita. Wyatt Martin agreed and would be the only man to ever know R.C. Christian's true identity. Despite being hounded for years about this, Martin kept his word to his dying day. So R.C. Christian transferred the funds, purchased five acres of land in Elbert County, Georgia, and construction finally began. And just like that, R.C. Christian was gone, and nobody would ever see him again. The five-acre plot of pasture was the highest point in Elbert County, and visible from all directions, the ideal location. The Georgia Guidestones were erected and revealed to the public on March 22, 1980, the vernal equinox. <laughs> what? He was erected. <laughs> don't, don't be a child. Oh, so in 1980, they revealed their erection to the public? Please don't. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know I couldn't let that go. Uh, go ahead, I'll behave. A few hundred people, local media, and even Elberton's congressman came out for the unveiling. Each of the outer slabs was 16 feet high, 6 feet wide, and 19 inches thick. The capstone measured almost 10 feet long, 6 feet wide, and 19 inches thick. Including the foundation stones, the monument's total weight was almost 240,000 pounds. Wow, that is a big erection. What it is? It is, but would you stop with and the- hot as a rock. Enough! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I'm choking. Oh, I gotta pee. Oh, well, oh, oh, okay, go ahead. Over the years, thousands of visitors from all over the world would come to see the Georgia Guidestones. But what was so special about the stones? It was more than just an impressively large granite construction. It was the new Ten Commandments, sandblasted in four-inch high letters that R.C. Christian left to benefit humanity. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature 
leave room for nature. At first glance, some of these commandments seem fairly innocent and maybe even cliche. But when you take a closer look, the guides are unsettling. Some have claimed that the Georgia Guidestones are instructions for a new world order, an open call for eugenics, genocide, and a one world government. But we're told this is all conspiracy theory, that there's no evidence to support these claims. But there's evidence? Oh yeah, plenty of it. At first glance, the 10 rules on the Georgia Guidestone sounded like a cheesy New Age bumper sticker. But if you read them carefully, they're disturbing. Let's start with the first one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. The current population is just under 8 billion people. To achieve the Guidestone's ideal population means that roughly 94% of people on Earth would need to be eradicated. And there are many people and think tanks that support this. On this channel, we've covered the Club of Rome that defines itself as a nonprofit, informal organization of intellectuals and business leaders whose goal is a critical discussion of pressing global issues. Fine. But what the Club of Rome doesn't advertise so openly is that it was created in 1968 by the Morgenthau Group during a secret meeting at Rockefeller's private estate Bellagio. Oh, here we go. In August 1980, just a few months after the Guidestones went up, Howard Odom, a member of the Club of Rome, said, it's necessary that the U.S. cut its population by two-thirds within the next 50 years. He didn't mention how this should be accomplished. But there are theories. Ooh, I love theories. I know you do. But it does mean if you want the same standard of living, we're going to have to cut our population uh, in the U.S., for example, certainly to one-fourth. Uh, that, uh, we have so many wasteful things, that won't be hard. Uh, you say it won't be hard to cut the population by one-fourth? Uh, it just takes one generation to get a population down if nobody bred for one generation. You've probably heard of the Bilderberg Group. It was formed in 1954 as a way to prevent another world war. That's what they say publicly. So why are Bilderberg meetings so secret? Secrecy has created all kinds of conspiracy theories. I love theories. I know you do. One of these is that the Bilderberg group believes that the current population growth is not sustainable. Allegedly, one way the Bilderberg group would try to reduce human population is by causing pandemics. Oh no. The theory also says the Bilderberg group will keep their true plan secret by consolidating all media to a handful of mega companies and then use governments to work with these media companies on censoring any ideas that go against the group's wishes. Ooh, that's not a theory, that's true. Well, of course it's true, just look at Twitter. Both Trump and Biden aggressively pressured Twitter into censoring any information that went against their agendas. But whether the Bilderberg group is behind this or not is unknown. Yeah, unknown only if you're a sheep. And guess who writes the foreign policy for the Bilderberg group? The Club of Rome. The Club of Rome. Now, it's been alleged that the Club of Rome supports massive depopulation using any means necessary. Well, didn't we fight World War II over these ideas? Well, funny you should mention that. The founder of the Bilderberg Group was Prince Bernard. At the beginning of World War II, he was a Nazi SS officer. Of course he was. Now, to be fair, after Germany conquered France, Prince Bernard switched sides and fought for the Allies. Oh, so that makes him okay? Hey, I'm just giving both sides of his story. But many people say that all of this is nothing but conspiracy theory. That the Georgia Guidestones don't want to reduce the current population, but instead are instructions for how to rebuild society after a cataclysmic world event. Okay, let's say that's true. How should the remaining survivors maintain control of the population? And who decides? The second Guidestone rule addresses this. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. R.C. Christian wrote a book entitled Common Sense Renewed, 
which he sent to each member of Congress in 1986. Among a myriad of statements, Christian wrote, It is vitally important that each national government have a considered population policy. The need is urgent and should take precedence over other problems, even those of national defense. Okay, so he wants the government in charge. So what kind of people should the government allow to have children? Responsible parenting will consider both genetic and environmental factors. We must seek to produce healthy children and then to mold their characters and to develop their potentials as socially worthwhile adults who will in turn carry the process indefinitely into the future. We have a grave duty to use all available knowledge in perfecting the forces which guide our procreation. It is within our power to leave behind us a new generation of humanity, slightly superior to our own in intellectual, physical, and social capabilities. Yeesh, this sounds a lot like China. Oh yeah, he's a fan of punishing people who want big families. A few generations of single-child families will make possible dramatic improvements. Irresponsible childbearing must be discouraged by legal and social pressures. Allowing only worthy people to reproduce to create a generation of genetically superior children? That's called eugenics. Oh, so that's frowned upon, eh? It is. It's what the Nazis did, or tried to do. It's also a war crime. But maybe not a crime at all in the New World Order. The Rockefeller that helped create the Club of Rome is the same guy who founded the Population Council in 1954. The Population Council supported, and still supports, research in birth control and early birth termination, specifically in those people with undesirable genetics. How do we know? Rockefeller said so. Modern civilization had reduced the aberration of natural selection by saving more weak lives and enabling them to reproduce, resulting in a downward trend in genetic quality an organization that needed to be created that would be devoted to the reduction of fertility of weaker individuals with undesirable genetics. One of the members of the Population Council, as recently as 2020, has been accused of supporting forced sterilization. The council is still active today. It operates its programs in Africa, Asia, Latin America, and the Middle East. Notice that North America and Europe are not on that list. Now, maybe it's just a coincidence, but the council is focused on countries that are primarily non-white. The Population Council takes in millions upon millions of dollars every year. And the biggest contributor? The United States government. Improved public health has caused the world's infant mortality rate to decline by 60% over the last 40 years. In the same period, the world's average life expectancy has increased from 46 years in 1950s to 63 years today. The negative impact of population growth on all of our planetary ecosystems is becoming appallingly evident. Guide number one was population control. Guide number two was breeding a superior society through eugenics. Guide numbers three and five are just as chilling. Unite humanity with a living new language. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Uniting the world under a new single language and rectifying all disagreements in a world court? These are key to creating the new world order. And local ministers pointed out that the book of Revelations warned of a common tongue and a one world government as the accomplishments of the Antichrist. And guide number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. This also upset Christians who believe in faith above all. After all, it's the first commandment. 
God said, you shall have no other gods before me. God wasn't down with tempered reason. These seemingly anti-faith messages made the Georgia Guidestones a location for alleged satanic worship, witchcraft, and pagan rituals. Elberton locals have reported seeing lights near the Guidestones. They've heard chanting. They found melted candles on the capstone. Now, no humans were sacrificed there, but I can't say the same for a few chickens who had a less than amazing visit to the Georgia Guidestones. Now, other theories suggest that the stones were built on native Hopi lands and that the Hopi have a prophecy regarding the ushering in of a new world. Other theories say that the stones are set on ley lines along with other icons like the Great Pyramids, Great Wall of China, and Stonehenge. And that's not even mentioning the proposed connections to the Order of the Rosy Cross, the Rosicrucians, who deserve their own episode. But the biggest mystery of all was, who funded this project? Well, it would take 35 years, but we finally have our answer. The planet can support something like a billion people. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, But if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have a... But, it, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and they don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what lies ahead. Over the years, internet detectives have had many theories about the true identity of R.C. Christian. Businessman and founder of CNN, Ted Turner, was a leading candidate. He had the money, his foundation was created to protect the environment, and he specifically said that the greatest threat to civilization is overpopulation. But Ted Turner can't be R.C. Christian. Why not? Because Ted Turner is still alive. Oh, this Christian guy's dead? Yep. Wyatt Martin, the bank owner who knew Christian's true identity, kept Christian's identity a secret. Christian and Martin exchanged letters at least twice a year until Christian's death. The letters were never sent from the same place, nor were the funds transferred from the same place twice. Martin passed away in December 2021, but he did drop some clues along the way, whether he meant to or not. Martin confirmed that Christian died after the year 2000. He mentioned that Christian had a daughter and that he was in basic training in Georgia before being deployed in World War II. Martin said that Christian was from the Midwest and at some point he worked in construction. Is that enough? Almost. What sealed the deal was something that took place in 2005 when a documentary crew was filming Dark Clouds Over Elberton. Wyatt Martin had recently suffered a stroke and was in pretty bad health. The film crew pressured him to show them the letters that he received from R.C. Christian over the years. Martin was reluctant but eventually agreed though he was careful to hide his postmarks on the envelopes when he was showing them to the camera. But the cameraman was able to grab a close-up shot of an envelope in the box, which had a return address. Kind of a dick move to take advantage of the old time, eh? I agree. But even though we may not like the way we came about this information, it doesn't change the fact that we have it. So using this information, people on the internet did what they do best. Oh, leave nasty comments on videos about how your content sucks? No, they tracked down the address. Oh. 
The letters came from Dr. Herbert Hinsey Kirsten, a surgeon from Fort Dodge, Iowa. Kirsten is an old German form of the name Christian. He died after 2000, like the old timer said. Kirsten died in 2005. Yahtzee! Now, according to Kirsten's obituary, he served in World War II. He was a conservationist who loved nature and trees. He was a naturalist who was very involved in environmental and world population issues. Bingo, this is the guy. Kirsten also worked in construction when he was younger, and he had two sons and two daughters. Wait, 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 wait. The guy who wants to limit people to one rug rat had four of them? Yep. Rules for thee, but not for me, huh? You sure this guy wasn't in Congress? Well, I'm sure, but he did have a couple of famous friends. One of them was William Shockley. Shockley was a physicist and inventor. He actually won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1956. Yeah, sounds like a good guy. Well, he was also known for being a racist who supported eugenics. Oh, I take back what I said. Now, Shockley argued that less intelligent people were having too many children and reducing the average intelligence of the population. He also believed some races were more intelligent than others. Clearly, Dr. Kirsten, a.k.a. R.C. Christian, shared similar views. Though the Georgia Guidestones aren't specifically racist, we know that Dr. Kirsten was a supporter of David Duke, former Grand Wizard of the KKK. Oof, maybe it's not so bad that somebody blew these things up, eh? Well, destruction of the Guidestones is the final piece of the story. Or is it? On July 6, 2022, just after 4 a.m., CCTV picked up an individual running to the stones carrying something. Seconds later, there's an explosion, and one of the four monoliths is destroyed. Less than a minute later, a car is captured on camera leaving the scene. What's strange is, within hours, heavy equipment was brought in to clean up the site. Shouldn't this have been a crime scene for longer than a few hours? ATF was on the scene almost immediately. Weren't they curious about what kind of explosive was used? What components it was made of? What kind of trigger device was employed? Modern forensics can give us all kinds of information, but all the evidence was quickly removed. The Guidestones were in a remote location. There's only one road in or out. There's no footage of this vehicle once it leaves the area. It's the middle of the night in northern Georgia. It would be one of the only cars on the road, but we don't have any new information. Government was in on it? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are questions that can now never be answered because the site, along with any evidence, was cleaned up almost immediately. It's very possible this was carried out by someone who is very anti-government, or maybe someone who is just anti-hypocrisy. All these people that want us to live by the one-child policy seem to have plenty of children. Rockefeller had six kids. William Shockley had three. R.C. Christian, a.k.a. Dr. Kirsten, had four. But the rest of us are only allowed to have one child, and only if we're genetically fit. Who decides who's genetically fit? Well, they do. They want to limit the population of the Earth without acknowledging that it was the rapid growth and advancement of the human race that allowed them to amass ridiculous wealth. Now that they have theirs, they want to limit what we can have. These same people are the ones who scream about climate change, fossil fuels, pollution. They want to decide who can own what kinds of vehicles and how much energy you can use to warm your house in the winter. But how did J.D. Rockefeller make his money? Oil. Aurelio Pache, who founded the Club of Rome, he made his fortune working for Fiat, a huge company that makes cars, trains, planes, tractors, and military equipment. When they were making their families rich and powerful, the climate wasn't as big a concern, but now it is. All the problems facing our planet can be solved like they've always been solved through our collective innovation and cooperation. All of us. But the elites don't want cooperation. They want control. They don't see any problem with this. They have superior genetics. 
They don't believe we're intelligent enough to make these decisions for ourselves, so they'll make those decisions for us. It's very possible, and maybe even likely, that whoever destroyed the Georgia Guidestones was aware of this hypocrisy. Now look, I don't condone the destruction of property. I know why some monuments and statues are offensive to some people, but those people don't have the right to just decide on their own to tear them down. People should vote on what statues go up and what monuments come down. Anything else is vandalism and vigilantism. I don't like the fact that someone took the law into their own hands and destroyed the Georgia Guidestones. Now, I hope he's found and sent to prison for what he's done. But now that they're gone, I say good riddance. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. My name is AJ. That's Hecklefish. This has been The Y Files. If you had fun or learned anything, do us a favor and subscribe, like, comment, share. Uh, I know everyone tells you to do that stuff, but it really helps our channels. And like most topics we cover on this channel, today's topic is recommended by you. So if there's a story you'd like to see or learn more about, go to thewifiles.com slash tips. A special thanks to our patrons who make The Y Files possible. I'm constantly amazed by your generosity. And if you'd like to support the channel, consider becoming a Patreon member or grab something from the Wi-Files store. By wearing a heck of fish t-shirt, you could prove to the world that you have superior genetics. I can't argue with that. That's going to do it. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and know that you are appreciated. <laughs>